All right, guys, before we get rolling today, I want to let you know that you can try YouTube TV free and get access to 85 plus live TV channels, unlimited DVR space, and game day features like key plays. Just be sure to record the game and then use the key plays view right in the YouTube TV app. Catch up on all the highlights you may have missed. Plus, you can cancel at any time with no hidden fees. That's a touchdown. YouTube TV, try it free, new users only, terms apply, cancel anytime. What's up, guys? Welcome into a brand new episode of Chargers Weekly, powered by YouTube TV. Here with Matt Money Smith, I'm Chris Harry, and Money Super Bowl is done. The offseason has begun. Um, we'll start with just your thoughts on on Bengals, Rams, and, and how that game ended. Well, you know, kind of my thought is how many teams probably watched that game and are kicking themselves for not figuring out a way how to get into it. Uh, you know, I did not think either team was particularly dominant. Um, I thought there were opportunities there for a Bengals squad that really didn't play great to win the game. Uh, obviously, the Rams were a little careless with the football a couple times there. And unfortunately, the the Bengals, for the Bengals, I should say, they weren't able to cash them in for, for touchdowns. So, you know, I, I just, I, I don't know. I can't help but think about what the Buffalo Bills must be thinking, you know, which is kind of what a buzzsaw that team looked like at the end of the year. Um, or the Chiefs, which just, you can't, it's hard for me to just reconcile what happened in that app against the Bengals, you know, or, or a Packers team that was averaging 30 points in the final six games of the year to score 10 in, you know, against the 49ers. It's just, it was such a strange year. Um, and congratulations to the Rams. One thing I do like about the Rams winning it is I hope, you know, we've talked about this before. I really hope it, it encourages general managers to go for it. I just think far too many are way too cautious in this league and value draft picks way too much to not recognize how fleeting moments are when you have a window to win a Super Bowl. And I, I applaud Les Snead and, and that crew for pushing their chips into the middle of the table and getting after it. And I'm, I'm, you know, that's, that's probably what I'm most excited about the Rams winning is I hope that encourages more behavior like that with other squads. Yeah, just think about this a year ago, Money. Matthew Stafford was not on the – or he he may have – when was the one-year anniversary of that? It's like, right around now, yeah. Right around now. So so no Matthew Stafford, no Odell Beckham, no Von Miller. And, you know, it got a little rocky there when they acquired OBJ and Von Miller. Um, people were wondering if this was the right move. They, they had lost a few in a row, and – OBJ's first game was two catches, 18 yards, and it took Von Miller a couple of games to get going. And then you just saw them kind of start to ascend. And OBJ, you know, with Robert Woods going down, what he did in the playoffs and even that first half of, uh, of the Super Bowl, they needed every one yeah. of those yards in that touchdown. Um, the way Von Miller was getting after that Bengals offensive line and and the Bengals offensive line, man, you can't you can't give up seven sacks in, in the Super Bowl after giving up nine two weeks before. So I, I'm with you. I think a lot of teams are um, probably a kicking themselves and B, maybe they have a little hope knowing that, hey, this league, there's a lot of parity and there's a lot of opportunity. And maybe in 2022, we can be that team that now gets to Arizona next year. Yeah, I think, you know, just speaking to the seven sacks and, and I know a lot of people are, are revisiting this because, you know, you get the film and you start to break it down. And 
And look, I think that's that's something that's going to be with us for a long time. The, the debate of, you know, who's the best young quarterback and who was the best quarterback to come out of that draft with Herbert and Burrow. And, you know, Joe did not have a great game. He, he, he just didn't. He missed some throws. Uh, he held on the ball to the ball a little bit long uh, for, I'd say, at least three of those sacks where it looked like the play call was designed to just get it out. And that's what he was doing in the first half. You know, it was the quickest release time from snap of any team in the league in any game in a half this season. And then for whatever reason, it just kind of got away from him there in the second half. Um, I think there's so many lessons to take away from the Bengals um, and just kind of how they manage that game in the second half, specifically the two minute drive. And, and, you know, it's something DJ and I were talking and, and he mentioned it and it's an old cliche around the league. It's first downs, not touchdowns in a two minute drill and just a waste of a play on that second and one when he took a shot downfield and he and Chase weren't on the same page and you just get the first down and yeah. reset that four down clock, you know, and um, to, you know, that, that to me, and also just know your personnel and know your defense, keeping P Ryan in the backfield on that fourth down. I was going to say that, sense. that, that may have been even worse having, not having, yeah. not having Joe Mixon in on third and one. Well, I just mean, just having, just having the way that no, on the fourth and one I'm talking about having P Ryan in the backfield, we had Weddle on the, the radio show and, and I knew he was going to say, it. he's like, yeah, as soon as we saw P Ryan back there, we knew they weren't running. So we yeah. were able to commit the sixth guy into the box and could get after him. So I just think, and look, I'm not trying to second guess Zach Taylor and the Bengals, but I, what, I, what I'm trying to say is just that's how narrow the margin was for victory and defeat for the Rams and, and how that whole thing got, got put together. You know, just again, those two sacks that he took back to back after the interception off Skoranek's hands because he's just holding the ball too long when T. Higgins looked like he was the hot route and Boyd was the hot route on another one and he just missed him. Um, it's it's close, you know, it's so close for so many of these teams. And, you know, just speaking on the Chargers podcast, I'm hopeful that, you know, they take some big swings this offseason and recognize, even though they didn't even make it into the tournament, how close they really are to, to win at a championship. Yeah, you know, that third and one, Zach Taylor also acknowledged that he, he probably should have had Mixon in because 100%. Mixon probably gets that first down. And then, you know, you talk about a game of inches. Had Joe Burrow had, what, an extra second? On that fourth and one, uh, Jamar Chase, he yeah. had Ramsey burnt, and that that could have been the game. Yeah. That could have been the game, but yeah. it, it comes down to to moments, man. Like we saw it in Week 18 with the Chargers, it comes down to moments, and you know there's certain moments that'll get you and propel you to be a world champion or get you into the playoffs. And and I'm with you. I, I think the Chargers are a lot closer than people may realize. They weren't in the tournament, but they were that. It was that moment in Week 18 yeah. where they could have gotten in, and who knows what would have happened. No doubt, you know, and, and look, uh, I, you know, what am I? I'm an idiot that talks about football, but I, it's hard for me to not go back and watch it over, you know, a couple of those plays over and over, you know, and I can only imagine how hard it is for players. You, always, you know, when you talk to them, the greats, you know, I, they remember the losses more than they remember the wins. And I know it's just, you know, and, and that's what fuels them to be great. Right. So yeah. um, I'm, I'm anxious to see if, if they can do that, you know, and take that next step. And, and like you said, it's, it's inches. It's, it's, you know, choosing somebody else, you know, versus the, the choice that you made uh, in a, in a, on a throw or a defense filling a gap that you opted not to fill because you went one gap up. It, it's so that's football, you know, yeah. and it's, it's what makes it the greatest, you know, it's what makes it my favorite game, uh, my favorite sport. So um, I'm anxious. Look, we got what, eight months, six months, whatever it is, six, seven, seven months. I can't wait to get it started again. I'm already ready for it. <laughs> 
I know. We're, we're three days past the Super Bowl. We still have a lot to talk about, though. I mean, the, the combine and the draft. Combine will be here in a couple of weeks, but we are in that in-between phase, so I thought it'd be cool to just to do a Chargers mailbag, okay. answer some fans' questions, and we got some good ones. Um, and I'll just go through them, man, and we can go as, as short or as long with these 10 questions we got. Um, you got it. The first one, and we talked about this guy already. I think Tom Telesco talked about him as well. What are the chances the Chargers draft Matt uh, is Ariaza? From oh, uh, the punt yeah, god. The, uh, the punt the god. Punt, the, yeah, the punter from San Diego State. Yeah, from SDSU, a special teams weapon for field goals too. What is the earliest round you guys would consider a punter? And that's from Bolt Up fifteen eighty four. Well, look, I'm a big, I'm a big believer in special teams, especially when the margins are so narrow. Um, I think we saw games lost on special teams this year. So you know, or one or nearly lost on special teams the Steelers game obviously comes to mind so um, if they you know if, if they decide that yeah this is a place where we can really improve and and look I say this with a caveat I love Ty you know I think Ty is is a great leader of that special teams unit you talk about the and and look we saw it in the in the Super Bowl you know everybody talks about how Ty is just a great holder as well and, yeah. and, and I've seen that in calling the games at the same time, you know, it's hard to ignore. He's got the worst punt, you know, the worst net punt number of any punter in the league the last two years. So I think that's something that they've got to figure out. Is that operational? Is that coaching? Obviously, they moved on from Swin. I'm not saying that's on him, but I think that's something they need to identify. And if they identify it as, hey, you know, this guy, Ariza, I think that's how you pronounce his name. I'm not going to pretend like it's, I'm pretty sure that's what it's, it's Ariza. Ariza or Ariaza? I, it's one of the two. Yeah. He's a guy that's got by the Chargers. We'll, we'll know it. <laughs> exactly. We'll know it immediately. But yeah, I have no problem. Zero problem drafting a punter or a kicker. Look, the Bengals drafted Evan McPherson in the fifth round. Was that a good investment of a draft pick? Heck yeah. You know, because what, like, that's the one thing I never understand is when teams take flack for drafting punters and kickers. What do you always hear about fifth, sixth, seventh rounders? Hey, this guy's got to be able to contribute on special teams. That's why we're drafting this player. You know, hopefully he'll develop into a rotation, you know, a rotational player, a, a good backup. But your seventh rounders, you want them to be special teamers. Well, what the heck is a kicker and a punter? You know, they're arguably the most important person, you know, involved in the special teams operation when it's kick or a punt. So I got zero issues in, uh, in expending a pick if you believe that player is going to be exceptional. Yeah, if you have as many picks as the Chargers have, I think you really do have to take a long, hard look in mid-rounds to see if a guy like that's available. And, and if you think that he's the future and you stay with the, the Bengals special teams, buddy, the punter there, Huber, I think he's been there for 13 seasons, right? Right, 100%. So if, if you find a guy and identify him as being the mainstay as your punter or kicker for the next decade, yeah. why, not, why not take a swing? Because you know that he will be a weapon on special teams. And you said it, I, I think – valuing special teams, but it has to be a priority in continuing to, to improve that unit because you got the offense and we hope the defense can turn it around here in year two under Brandon Staley. Um, special teams could be the difference in games and shoot. Oh yeah. 11 picks. Why not fourth, fifth round, take a swing. I'm, I wouldn't be I'm looking at it. it up. I'm looking it up right now. Cause I want to make sure I get it right, but look, let's remember what Al Davis did. And I know there wasn't yeah, a Kowski, lot of success. Right? But Janikowski in the second round, and he drafted Shane Leckler in the fifth. Those two guys are going to be Hall of Famers. Like, 
Shane Leckler is a six-time first-team All-Pro punter, and he was the best punter in the league from basically 2000 to 2010. I mean, that's if you mean it, you know. And, and look, it's it's like, and that's what I don't understand when people get all freaked out over you're really going to draft a, a, a punter, and it's like, well, listen, if if you think he's that good, well, it's so hard to project if they're going to. It's hard to project any player at any position, especially when it's in the mid round. So again, I, he's a local guy, you know, from San Diego, Rancher Bernardo. I got no issue with that whatsoever. All right. So the chargers select 17 overall money. The Raiders actually selected Sebastian Janikowski 17 overall. He was a there first you go. So that's what's first rounder. <laughs> Could you, yeah. imagine, you imagine if the chargers drafted a kicker butter at, at yeah. 17 overall? <laughs> it, uh, it does not. I mean, look, uh, what's his name? Was it, I'm sure was it Grammatica that ended up going high and I can't remember. Not it, Grammatica. There was, it was, um, he was uh, on the chargers for a half second. Yeah. The, the, uh, the kicker Tampa from Florida took state, the Florida exactly. state kicker. Uh, and it was a disaster. Aguayo. And it was Roberto a, Aguayo. Yeah, exactly. Roberto Aguayo. And it was a complete disaster. So look, it can go. That's the case with any pick. So, you know, if you, de- if you decide that we really need to flip the field and we need a better punter, this has been an issue for us. We've had punts blocked. We've had punts returned for touchdowns. Our net punt is at 36.5 yards or whatever it was at the last two years. Yeah, I got, I got no problem with them whatsoever. All right, let's roll through these. What are the chances of us keeping Mike Will this year? That's from It's Mike Kike. Uh, Mike Will could be a, a franchise candidate. He could get a long-term deal or he could walk. Well, you know, I think I think it's going to be up to – it's going to be that puzzle um, because I, I, would be, I would be floored if the Browns, the Bears, the Raiders – I mean, there are teams that I believe are going to make uh, – the Texans – that I think are going to make big money offers. The Jags, the Jags, Mike Williams. Yeah. I 100% believe that to be the case. I will not be surprised at all. So I think, to me, the most likely, like to me, the this is this is what they've got to figure out. Are they franchising? Because I think they're going to use the franchise tag this year. Are they going to use the franchise tag on Mike Williams, or are they going to use it on Chenna? I, I you know, and look, those are two big numbers for you know it's a defensive end franchise tag and it's uh and it's a wide receiver franchise tag so those are big numbers but i i believe they're going to use it on one of those two guys depending on what those offers look like from other teams all right next one we all know austin eckler has some pop in the backfield is there any interest in a third and three or less back that can power through the o-line kind of like how turner used to spell lt even tolbert brought that heat to linebackers uh from Molag Bob. And, and we've talked about this the last few weeks. Getting back in. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, we talked about it being a big back, a power back. And I think that's what he's speaking to. We just haven't seen it. You know, we have not seen that power back since Melvin Gordon left. And when he left, he took it with him. And unfortunately it wasn't replaced. So, you know, I, I get, you know, when like, just look at the saints, you know, in, in the Alvin Kamara or the Darren Sproles years, they always had a hammer. You know, they, they had both. And I think the, the, you know, I, I think Tom Telesco is certainly going to be on the lookout for it, whether it's in free agency. I mean, just like you look at what the, the Cardinals got James Conner for, for nothing, you know, and, and how good he was, you know, and just how physical he is. And even like in his advanced age, like we saw it up close, right. 
what Latavius Murray did for the Ravens, like just having it. Yeah. And he looked like he could barely move, but he was just that hammer. You know, he's a guy that knows how to be the hammer. So yes, Bob, I'm a hundred percent with you. I think if, if, you know, I, as great as Justin Jackson's been, and he's a, a full service back and we saw him break off long ones and, and catch the ball exceptionally. And he's great in pass pro. I just, I think they've got to find a way to add a, a big physical back to put into that rotation. Good question, Bob. All right, next one from Andrew Carrillo. Uh, if you had to guess on one big money free agent the Chargers will spend on, not counting our own, what position would it be? Uh, right tackle, right guard, corner, edge, defensive tackle, wide receiver, linebacker, and who's that player you you projected that position? If you had to – some guy who's not on the team, a uh, big-name free agent that the Chargers may throw some money at. I mean, here's the problem is, you know, there's – corners and and linemen and edge you know tackles rarely hit you know I'm going through the you know Teron Armstead's gonna hit he's a left tackle you're not signing him um like it, it just it's it so depends on kind of how this whole thing squares itself away like look if Chenna gets a huge deal that they can't match because he's 25 like I'd like to see him sign Von Miller you know, I, I wouldn't mind dropping that money on just replacing that edge so you can get that secondary rusher opposite Joey. Yeah. Um, I kind of like, I don't know who did it over at, at ESPN, but I love the idea of Mike Gesicki, you know, to come in as that seam, you know, as that seam tight end. I could just, gosh, I, the idea of him and, and, uh, and, and Herbert together. I get worried about like, I'm going through them now. So I don't want people to think I'm cheating here. I'm just looking at this list of PFFs top 200. Like I get nervous about JC Jackson, just with Belichick knowing the secondary, like he does that they're not interested in keeping him around. I know he's going to get a big money deal. That, that makes me a, a little bit nervous. Um, Jesse Bates is not going anywhere. That'd be fantastic, but I don't think he's going anywhere. Really good. Um, yeah. So I guess, Stephon Gilmore's he's lost a step and you can't lose a step in the secondary. Um, Carlton Davis is kind of interesting, but he's going to get way too much money. So yeah, I guess what I'm getting at is um, based on what I'm looking here, top 20, I think I love the idea of Mike Gusecki at, at tight end. You know, I think that would, gosh, talk about a great compliment to Trey McKitty um, having him come in and just give them another, another pass catcher. Or like I said, if, if for whatever reason, Chenna ends up getting this crazy offer that they think is too rich, I would not mind seeing them taking a swing at like Chandler Jones or, or Von Miller. as maybe a, a lower priced veteran option. Yeah. I, I think that's a good answer because you have to wait and see what happens with your own, right? If, yeah. if we're not counting our, we, I know that Tom, his philosophy has been drafted and developed. So he wants to keep as many of those guys as possible that, that fit what, what Brandon Staley likes to do. Um, I'm with you on tight end, man. I, and I, I know it was the pro bowl, but it was just seeing Justin Herbert throw it to Mark Andrews a couple Mark of times. Andrews twice. <laughs> made you feel pretty good and back home. Man, if, yeah. he gets a, if he gets a a tight end one here, a younger guy, maybe younger guy than, than Jared Cook, perhaps, um, maybe that's somebody you can grow with here for the next several years. So like that answer, appreciate the question, Andrew. Um, this is from Island Boy 2843. What does draft, <laughs> draft prep look like for both media and staff within the Chargers organization? And I guess, Money Week, I mean, if you, if you start with the staff, I mean, Tom's group, this is busy times for them starting yeah. really during the season. Uh, it's you have a year. Yeah, it's been going on 
it, it's been going on since last year, you know, since the, since the draft last year. I mean, you're talking about a full complement of area scouts, especially now that they can go back to the facilities, that they can go to games, that they can scout these players in person. So that starts the second the draft ends for Tom's staff and, and for the regional scouts and the area scouts. So they've been building their draft research and their draft profiles, you know, and all of that is then compiled you know, by Tom and Jojo and Kevin and all these guys together that are putting, you know, all of those profiles and those research and, and, you know, as they aggregate it, that's how they develop their vertical and their horizontal board. You know, the vertical board is just the order in which they have what they believe to be the best players in the draft, one through whatever number. It varies for teams, the horizontal, based by position and their one through 15 O-linemen or guards, one through 15 centers and so on. So that's, that's not, they, they don't cram. Now, you know, certain, the coaches, they're just getting up to speed because, you know, yeah. through the course of the season, they're focused on, on you know, the, the week that, that's ahead. So it's hard for them to, to change their focus and start looking at who they might be thinking about drafting moving forward. I'm sure they're watching college football on Saturday and maybe taking some notes here and there, but um, they're really starting to dig in. Uh, for me in the media, my first, kind of like my first bit of prep came with, a lot of the back end because I did the NFLPA bowl and you know, that bowl is an all, you know, that all-star game tends to feature undrafted free agent and late rounders. There's a couple guys that'll raise their hands um, and, and take a jump to one of the other all-star games and find themselves in the shrine bowl or the senior bowl or get the combine invite. Like our MVP Cole Kelly, who was the quarterback ends up getting a combine invite out of that. So um, you know, my, my prep started at the back end. And now is the combine. I'm flying out to the combine, I think on March 1st um, or something like that. So I'm now just getting caught up and, you know, on some of the, on the top 300, basically. So I'm going through a lot of our NFL.com that Lance Sirline and, and Chad Reuter, they, they write all the profiles. I have access to them before they're public. Um, so I've been going through a lot of those, you know, probably starting about two weeks ago, I started digging into those. And your radio partner, Daniel Jeremiah, I, in talking to him, he, he starts his prep during the season, right? And you're probably oh, yeah. sitting next to him on, on the plane as he's 100%. breaking down players, right? 100%. I can still, you know, I, I can still remember watching Rashawn Slater tape and, and him going, I just, he goes, he's like, it's not close. I don't know. You know, she didn't say it's not close. I don't want to put words in his mouth, but he was the first guy that was on Slater over Sewell. He's like, yeah. look, Slater's the better player. Um, and he got a lot of pushback for that when he first posted it, because all these people were saying that, you know, Sewell was a once in a generation prospect that they left tackle and maybe he will be, but certainly to start the pro bowl, your rookie year, um, is, is pretty darn impressive. So Slater's on a good track. So yeah, I'm, I'm fortunate to sit next to DJ. Uh, we watched a lot of Georgia defense and a lot of Alabama defense this year <laughs> flying around the country. So, uh, yes, I am, I am up to speed on Jordan Davis and Nicobe Dean and all those players. Um, so, you know, who knows, maybe one ends up on the Chargers. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't think Chargers fans would mind seeing a bulldog or two on the no. defense in 2022. All right. Next question. Um, any potential cap cut candidates to give us more space? That's from QBM 24 Monday. I was looking at over the cap. I mean, you know, Brian Bulaga, we don't know his situation, right? Um, I mean, that's, I, I look, I don't want to, I, I hate the idea of throwing guys on the street. Right. But yeah. you know, if you're just asking us to, that's, Clearly, you know, Brian's just since he signed, he has not been healthy. 
Uh, and it's hard to give $10 million to a guy that, that played a quarter of football last year and played half the games the year prior. So that's, that's the one that, that certainly stands out. Um, I, I think the, the second one is, let me get to, let me get to, um, sorry, I should have, should have prepped better, right? No, you me with that. It's, I, I, the, uh, I hit you with the surprise bill bag, bro. Right. Um, I'm trying to figure out what, um, Chris Harris's deal looks like, because that would be the other one that I would probably, I can't remember if he did a two or a three and what he has got, uh, if he's got one left or not. So that's, uh, all right, so here we go. I'm going Balaga at 8.2. Yeah, that's that's one you would circle. Um, yeah, and that's it. Chris Harris does not have a third year. So that would be the one. Yeah, that, I, um, I, I didn't see anything else that really stood no. out. All right, guys, a quick break to let you know that you can try YouTube TV free and get access to 85-plus live TV channels, unlimited DVR space, and game day features like Key Plays. Just be sure to record the game and then use the Key Plays view right in the YouTube TV app. Catch up on all the highlights you may have missed. Plus, you can cancel at any time with no hidden fees. That's a touchdown. YouTube TV, try it free, new users only, terms apply, cancel anytime. All right, uh, from Big Sports Fella, given our draft capital and the money to get free agents, which of these tools should the Chargers use to revamp the defensive line? And, and what potential yeah. defensive free agents should they sign if they go that route? I was seeing like Sean Robinson just stop the run in the Super Bowl. I mean, a, a guy like that in free agency, if, he, if he's available. Yeah. And, you know, we, we talked about Jordan Davis last week. And there's the other kid from, from UConn. His name's escaping me. Travis, is it Travis Jones? Yes, that sounds right. I believe yeah. that's exactly right. Yeah. Um, is that right? It's Travis something, right? Yeah. Uh, now I'm going to. So I think the draft makes more sense. It's edge players that are out there as opposed to interior tackles. This season, there is one. Um, there's definitely one. And look, we, we set his name around the, the trading deadline. Um, and we wondered whether or not Akeem Hicks was going to come available. You know, Brandon Staley coached him in Chicago when he was there with Vic Fangio. Uh, he's certainly comfortable in that scheme. And if, if they can get him on a, on a deal that I'm, I would assume would be pretty darn affordable. I think, you know, Akeem's a little bit up there in, in age. So he's, uh, yeah, he's 32. Um, so I, you know, if you can get like a, two-year deal for Akeem. We know Tom Telesco likes those sort of deals. That's what he did with Chris Harris. That's what he did with Brian Balaga. Um, that's what he did with Linval Joseph. So that that's probably the one name in free agency to keep an eye on for the interior. I already mentioned the two edges. If for whatever reason, Chen is not able to be re-signed to go out and do another, you know, same sort of deal, two-year deal with Chandler Jones or Von Miller or something like that. But um, in the draft, yeah, I think everybody's, you know, trying to connect the dots. To, to Jordan Davis, you know, and, and just this massive, you know, guy that's got to be double teamed on every freaking snap he's on the field to free up Bosa and Chenna or whoever's going to be opposite him. Hopefully it's Bosa and Chenna. All right, Christian Herrera on Twitter. What's a position of need that nobody's talking about regarding the Chargers money? Whew. I immediately, when you said uh, Gusecki, I, I thought tight end because yeah, we, on the on the surface it looks like, you know, I mean you got McKitty, um, who, who Anderson, I think is, and Parham. Anderson and Parham, but 
it, maybe there's a, a guy who can be that kind of Mark Andrews type player. Um, maybe it's Parham, but maybe there's another guy out there in free agency. I think, yeah. I mean, I think that's a good one. Um, you know, I, to me, like I, I keep going back to, and I know, you know, they signed Mike Davis to a deal and, and Asante played outside, but like, to me, I, I just, I love the idea of getting a big corner, another big corner. Um, and, and having Asante play the slot a little bit more just to, to, to try to protect him from a lot of those tackling issues and injuries that he had, um, you know, playing outside and, and being forced to support the run from there. So um, that's, that's when I think, you know, I, I think right guard is, is something that we haven't really brought up. You know, I thought Sko did a really good job considering the circumstances last year and Avushi was great until he got hurt was really good until he got hurt. I don't know if he's going to be ready, what kind of shape he's going to be in. So that's probably one that, that no one's, you know, really talking about. Um, those are the ones that jump out at me, but yeah, I think, you know, as I mentioned tight end, when we were talking free agents, that's probably one that not a lot of people have, have brought up. Yep. All right. Uh, a little bit of a, a throwback question here. 2008, if rivers and LT aren't banged up and the Chargers beat the Patriots, do they win that Super Bowl? <laughs> that was a good team. <laughs> what were they? Fourteen and two. That no, that wasn't the fourteen and two year. The no, fourteen and two think, year they lost at home. Yeah, I think they um, caught. Didn't they catch fire at the end? The, they did. Yeah, um, and that was the game they knocked off the Colts in Indy, I believe. Right. Yeah, I think that wasn't that the Rivers playing on a torn ACL in the in yes, the, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, LT didn't play. Yeah, Rivers Rivers played um, on the torn ACL. Um, Boy, that's a good question. Uh, yeah, they were so they won the West. Um, I'm looking it up now. They won the West at eight. And, no, that's not that year. That's that's. I don't think that was that year. It, um, it may have been. Didn't they win? They beat the Broncos. I think it was like a win and in situation. Right. Okay. So it's 2007 season, 2008 playoffs. So the Chargers go 11 and five. That's exactly right. And yep. they knock off. Uh, that's what I was saying. They go to Indianapolis. They beat Peyton Manning 28-24. Rivers tears the ACL. And they're in, that, they're in that game until about the early fourth quarter, um, that, that particular game against, uh, against the Patriots. And, and then the Patriots end up going to the Super Bowl and, the, and Eli Manning's Giants you know, end up knocking them off. Do they win the Super Bowl? And that Giants front was nasty. And yeah, Phillips, very good. Not the most mobile of quarterbacks, um, but you got LT to run right at him. So that's it's a great hypothetical. Um, I mean, it's you know, unfortunately for the Chargers, boy, talk about two injuries that came at the worst time. Um, that was, yeah, that was something. And, you know, that's that's just kind of what the league is each year, right? If, if you catch fire and you're healthy, you can you can do a lot of things. And, you know, we saw with the Rams kind of catch fire at the end of the year and the guys that they brought in were healthy and, you know, Stafford played really good ball. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. I think that that team and then the uh, the 14-2 team too, man, like th those are a couple opportunities there to, to hoist a Lombardi. Um, and yeah, that hopeful. was the David Tyree year, by the way. That was the 17th birthday. It was the year that the, the Patriots would have, you know, been the undefeated team to win the Super Bowl and join the Dolphins. And instead it was the Tyree catch. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think just, 
I get it. It was a, it was a weird Super Bowl. It was super fluky with that catch. But that Giants defense, man, it was so freaking good. So good up front with Strahan and Tuck and that whole crew. Um, so, yeah. All right, uh, a few more. What's more likely, uh, extend Mike Williams and then draft interior defensive line or DB in the first round, or you fill the, the, those defensive positions in free agency and you go with a wide receiver in the first round? I'm not sure if you go with, with a wide receiver either way, right? Because I, I feel like I feel like regardless, Palmer, I feel like showed us enough that he could be the the two A to to Mike, or maybe even be the two. Yeah, I think you know. To me, I think it really, I think it really comes down to where you know where they're at with Keenan, right? Because he signed through 24, so I, I think it's you know, kind of like, how do we feel about him right now? Is he someone that we think is going to be playing at an incredible level in 23 and 24? Or do we start, are we starting to see some regression and some fall off? If that's the case, and we don't know if Mike will stand around because it's such a deep receiver class. um, And you could end up having because of quarterback need at the top, who knows if there's going to be a run on quarterbacks, if you could see Corral and Pickett and Howell and Willis and all these guys go ahead of you. We've said it. Tom Telesco is the best player available guy. So if he's sitting there and all of a sudden, you know, you've got Drake London or Alave or like one of these guys that, that he, you know, probably not Alave. I don't think that would be, you know, one of the guys that that he would go with, but um, like if Drake London is just sitting there, I could see him starting to kind of do the calculus of, Okay, we didn't expect him to be here. We didn't expect Traylon Burks to be here. Um, I think Gibson is the guy, isn't that? Or Wilson is the guy from uh, Ohio State. We didn't expect him to be here, and they're the seventh-rated player on our board. You know that—that's yeah. the kind of scenario where that would come up. To me, I, I think I think a wide receiver is a little bit more of a luxury pick right now for this team that's ready to win a Super Bowl right now. Um, but you got to be—you know—I've heard Tom say it too many times. You know, you're not drafting for 2022. You're drafting for the next 10 years. Yeah. So that's why either of those scenarios could happen. Uh, and I would not be surprised. But if I were to, to answer the question, I would guess that it's more likely they draft a corner, a tackle, or an interior lineman because there's really good ones that are going to be available at 17. Yeah. And just, just to piggyback off what you said, they didn't draft Joshua Palmer for 2021. You know? Yeah. And he's a third rounder and he looked great when he was, you know, when he had to fill, you know, when he, when he had to to start, he looked fantastic. Yeah. So like, that's an example of, Hey, we drafted a guy we see potential in a couple years down the road. So Keenan was a third rounder. Yeah. I mean, so Tom, Tom knows what he's doing in that, in that wide receiver uh, position in in later rounds. Um, Did the chargers have any plans to stop wearing the color rush Jersey? I threw this in because you're a uniform guy when I want to buy one, but, have seen on a few social media posts that the jersey could go away. I'm not sure which one Camp PC is referring to. Is it the Royals? Yes, I, think, I don't. I think, the Royals aren't going away. Yeah, I say I, I don't think there's any chance they're going away. Um, because I I, you know I wouldn't wear I would wear any of them anyway, even if they did go away. I, I would wear. So the here's <laughs> who was it that sent that question in? At Camp PC on Twitter. All right, so Camp BC. Here's what I would do. This is just kind of my. Uh, if, if I had to do it and I'm not telling you, you know, 
I'm not a big jersey guy. I'm a sweatshirt guy. Like I would much rather have a Chargers hoodie um, than I would uh, a jersey. I just don't think jerseys are that comfortable. I think they look kind of weird. But, uh, you know, when we're at the stadiums, that's what we see. You want a jersey. How about this? Get the Royal and just throw number 14 on it and rep Dan Fouts. That way you don't have to worry about it. It's a throwback. It's the color that Fouts wore and you're good, you know, or that's, that's the way I would do it. Um, but there's nothing wrong with throwing 10 on there as, as well, you know, because it's, it's such a cool color. It's my, so if, if it were up to me, the Royals are going nowhere. It's my favorite shade of, it's, it's, this may be blasphemy. I love the powders, but man, I love the Royal blues. I just, I love them more than the navies. It's my favorite shade that they wear. So it's up to me. And I do have John Spanos's ear on these things. Uh, at least in the fact that I'm yelling at him all the time about, Hey, I want to see the Royals now. You know, I want to see the gold <laughs> pants. I want the lightning bolt on the pants. I don't want any piping. I just want the lightning bolt by itself. Like things like that. I say to him all the time, he laughs it all off, but um, I am invested in the Royals CP. So go ahead and get one. Yep. Not only is he the voice of the charges, the unofficial uniform advisor to John <laughs> Spanos, right? <laughs> way unofficial, way, way, way unofficial. All right. A couple more uh, that just came in uh, from David Rainey. What players do you see as potential breakout candidates and how would their contributions elevate the Chargers to get to the next level? It's a good question. First one that comes to mind is McKitty, just because I, I saw just incredible growth from him um, through the course of the season. And he's such an impressive physical player. You know, he's someone who's who can get nasty when he's attached. And he's someone who's got a lot of athleticism. So to me, that's that's one that, that that's the one that I think of uh, immediately. Um, second, well, I thought Nas had a nice jump this year as well. So, you know, I, I would almost like to see Nas take another step and, and just kind of continue to grow in that role. There were, you know, there's some hiccups out there, some bad angles, particularly some angles that he's taken that, that he can clean up. But I, I just, I felt like there was a really good jump from him. We already talked about Josh Palmer. Um, yeah, I think those are the ones that, that kind of all come to mind. Yep. And then, you know, just to piggyback off that, Davis Lettieri, do you see any second-year players earning a bigger role in their positions like Webb, Neiman, and others? You mentioned McKitty. We mentioned Palmer. You know, Nick Neiman was great on special teams this year. Maybe we'll exactly. see a little bit more at the linebacker position, no? Yeah. Yeah, he's uh, – look, he's a guy that's got a nose for the ball, and, and that's important at that position. Um, you know, the one – and it just popped into my head, and I don't know why it worked out this way, but – I like the way Brandon Hymas looked in preseason and he just got no reps. So I don't know what was going on in practice considering, you know, there was certainly a need at tackle. He played a ton of tackle at Nebraska. He played interior. They, they felt the need to go out and sign SCO. So I'm not quite sure what was going on with, with, with Hymas in, in practice, but um, that's a player I'd like to stick. You know who else, by the way, that, that I don't, that, that we have not brought up. Brady Fajoko. Yeah. You know, that's, that's a good one. There you go. So not a second-year player, third-year player, but I, I think Fajoko's in line to, to make a jump. I thought he played great when he was put in. Frederick Jorgson, we, we kind of talked about this. You talked about some of the defensive players um, who would be the number one on your list to sign this offseason, and I think that all kind of depends on what the Chargers do with their own guys and then kind of figure it out. But I think some of the edge players that you mentioned – uh, would be a real, a real nice fit for the Chargers. Yeah, and again, that's that's in the case, and I'm start, and I'm that's what I'm hearing. I'm hearing that that Chen is a hot name. Um, that there are teams out there that are that are in need because every team needs edge, 
uh, and that Chenna is a is is going to get an offer. Is going to get a big is going to get a big number. So, um, you know, like I said, I think if you're talking about need, Akeem Hicks comes to and just kind of the style of free agent that that Tom tends to sign. Um, we just have not seen a lot of huge money splashes outside of the O line, and I think you know when you have a quarterback that's as valuable as Philip Rivers when they signed Russell Okun to a big money deal, that's as valuable as Justin Herbert when they signed Corey Lindsley to the richest center contract in the league. That's one place where you see splash, where they have thrown a lot of money around. Um, but outside of that, you know, it's kind of been this: let's let's wait for the second wave of free agency and find that value, and and let's not. Let's not hamstring ourselves to, to one guy when we don't know necessarily how he's going to fit into our locker room, into our culture, into our scheme with our players. And why is his current team letting him go? So uh, that that leads me to to a spot where, you know, maybe it is Akeem Hicks. Maybe it is Stephon Gilmore. You know, maybe, maybe there's value there. And that's and that's the sort of route they end up going down. Mark Page, what have you heard about the return to Chenna? We've talked about that. Is he likely to remain a bolt? I think a lot of Chargers fans want to see Chenna back, especially with what he did in week 18. I don't think there's any question they want him back. Um, and I think, again, you know, you credit Chenna. He bet on himself. I would be absolutely floored if the Chargers did not offer him an extension last year, you know, that was in step with what his production and what his future ceiling, you know, was kind of in step with. And he's just like, you know what? I can do better. I'm finally going to start. Let me get after it. And he made himself a lot of money. Do you watch The Sopranos? Did you watch The Sopranos? Oh, yeah. It's my brother. Let's just end on this. What happens to Tony <laughs> Soprano in the final episode of The Sopranos? He's just being a smart aleck, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, look, for me, it's death, right? That's just what I've always assumed. I assume that whole place explodes and it's over. <laughs> the, the onion race, meadow parallel yeah, why, parking. Exactly. Why else end such a great series? Uh, you know, so that's, yeah. To me, that was always my thought is when it went to black and Journey's playing. I'm like, yeah, they're dead. And they just didn't want to show it. Did you see the, the commercial with Meadow and AJ? Yeah. That's funny. Yeah, a little electric <laughs> action. That's funny. Uh, all right, that was fun, man. We'll uh, yeah, we'll do more of these throughout the off season. Um, it, it's good that that people are are so interested in what's going to happen here three days after the Super Bowl. Yeah, the no doubt. For football, will really never go away. So we'll we'll see you next Thursday for Chargers Weekly. For Matt Money Smith, I'm Chris Harry.